Hey guys, uh, before we begin with this week's episode, a couple of things. Um, first of all, uh, I want to apologize for the somewhat bleed and static uh, in the news section of the episode. There was just uh, uh, something going on with my mixer and I attempted to record uh, the first part of the episode at least uh, on my phone using a mixer app that didn't come out quite as expected. I tried cleaning up as much as possible, but uh, didn't didn't work out as I planned uh, with Audacity. So I want to apologize for that. But uh, as you can tell, my mixer is working again now. So uh, don't know what was wrong with it, but uh, it is fixed now and. Uh, shouldn't be having those issues moving forward in future episodes. Uh, but also, uh, just to note that uh, I did this recording prior to the announcement of the death of Tim Sale, and I just wanted to uh, express my condolences to his family on such a great loss. Uh, he was, you know, he's another one of the great creators that we've lost recently, uh, in addition to the likes of uh, Neil Adams and George Perez. But uh, the work he and Jeb Loeb did on Batman The Long Halloween and the subsequent series after that, uh, with the likes of uh, Dark Victory and the Catwoman mini that was done, uh, was nothing short of genius. So, um, again, condolences to his family on uh, as they deal with his loss and uh, he will be missed uh, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode it's time for the comic bing comic book podcast the podcast you look forward to for all of your news and reviews of the best comic books hitting stands whether it's DC Batman Marvel, Spider-Man, Image, Spawn, Saga, Boom, Once and Future, Power Rangers, or whatever book or publisher you follow. We cover them all here. This is the place for you. That's right. It's for everyone. This is the Comic Bin Comic Book Podcast. Let's get it. Hello, folks, and welcome, welcome on to another episode um, of the Comic Bin Comic Book Podcast. I am your studio. host, Dio, and yes, I am back. I am back after a uh, longer than expected hiatus uh, from the podcast world, dealing with uh, a lot of stuff uh, on a personal and work level, but I am back bringing you another episode of some comic book news, reviews, and all things comic books. Um, so today we might have a little extended uh, episode. I'm not quite sure, depending upon how we go. Uh, but this is going to be a previews episode. We're going to be going through the pre- various previews catalogs uh, from uh, Diamond Distributors and DC Comics. Now, I won't be doing uh, a review of the previews for Marvel Comics, uh, and primary reason for that is that not too long after Marvel put out their catalog, 
uh, for the month of August, for those books coming out in the month of August, they almost immediately sent word to comic shops, basically telling them that all most of the books uh, in the catalog will be delayed until September or later. Uh, so. For that reason, uh, I decided that I'm not going to go ahead and cover Marvel uh, since they said that most of these books, and again, I want to say it's about 40 of them that have uh, been delayed uh, and won't be released in the month of August uh, as slated in the Marvel's previews catalog for the month of August. Uh, and if you have the co a copy of the book, that is issue nine. Uh, so just know that those books have been delayed until, um, or at least most of them, have been delayed until September or later uh, and will be resolicited. So we'll be able to cover them at a later time uh, once they've been resolicited by Marvel. So we will be going through the uh, catalogs from DC and from Diamond. Uh, and I'm, I'm still getting used to the new layout of the diamond, uh, I'm, yeah, the diamond previews, the big book, um, because IDW is no longer in that preferred publisher spot since they've uh, moved um, their exclusive distribution from diamond to Penguin Random House, uh, such as Marvel did. So uh, Diamond has since moved them to the regular portion of the book, so they're showing up uh, in alphabetical order. So, uh, as always, before we jump into the uh, previews, uh, let's talk a little bit about the news. Okay, so first up, since I've already mentioned uh, Penguin Random House, I guess I'll start there. So. Um, as you know, Marvel has already been using Penguin Random House for distribution to the direct market to local comic shops. It was recently announced that not only will Penguin Random House be doing distribution for the direct market to local comic shops, but they are going to be doing um, distribution for regular bookstores as well. So, you know, bookstores, I would assume that would be your Barnes and Nobles of the world, uh, will be ordering their trades and issues from uh, Penguin Random House uh, instead of Diamond moving forward, unless uh, they go through the process as before um, of using, and, and not Diamond, Marvel was not using Diamond for distribution to bookstores. I believe the company that they were using uh, was Hatchet. Um, but, uh, you know, as before, you know, they'll still be able to order, you know, through, through the third market uh, for whole, as, as a wholesale price. Um, now, not only is Penguin Random House taking over books for Marvel, but they're going to be doing all of Disney. So uh, anything with the Disney brand published by Disney is moving over to Penguin Random House. Um, 
which makes a lot of sense financially for both Disney and Marvel as uh, they, you know, solidify everything under one roof with regards to their distribution. So we'll see how that works out um, and see where it goes. Next up, and yes, I am saying this as a huge fan, so it's not necessarily comic book related, but uh, since it since it refers to one of my favorite comic characters, that being She-Hulk, uh, I feel it it's it's my duty to report on it here, and that is uh, that She-Hulk is going to be getting her own uh, shampoo uh, under the Garnier Fructis brand. So, you know, that will be seen over, uh, I know Garnier does a lot of their sales over at Walmart, but you'll be able to get a uh, big green bottle branded with uh, the Green Bell of mine, uh, my, you know, one of my favorite characters in comic books. Uh, so you'll be able to get that at your local Walmart if you are a fan of She-Hulk and want to um, take part in that. Dan Slott has been writing Fantastic Four since its reboot a few years ago. And so it was recently announced that um, he's going to be stepping down. Uh, with issue 46. 46 will be his last issue. I'm not certain if uh, we have an official announcement of who the new creative team will be. I do know that in the upcoming um, Avengers X-Men Eternals crossover, which will be issue 47, that's that first issue slotted off the book, that issue is going to be written by David Pepos and drawn by uh, Juan Cabal. But I'm not certain if they're going to be the permanent team. I haven't seen any announcements. So I'm assuming that they are just going to be doing that issue uh, or maybe a few issues more, you know, until a permanent team is announced. But again, uh, last issue for Dan Slott is going to be on Fantastic Four, number 46. Next up, um, at the end of the month, Boom Studios is releasing uh, a new Buffy the Vampire Slayer series. And uh, it was originally, the title's not changing, uh, it's called Buffy 97, so it's supposed to take place within the television universe. But um, they've made some changes. Uh, so originally, the series was supposed to be written by writer Max Bemis. And um, that is no longer the case. Um, he has since been removed and he's been replaced by Jeremy Lambert. Uh, so they haven't delayed the release of the series. It's still coming out on June 29th, uh, but it will have a uh, new writer. Mariana Ignazi uh, is going to remain on the art, but uh, 
Jeremy Lambert uh, will be writing the series uh, moving forward. So Buffy 97, number one from Boom Studios, uh, releasing on June 29th in comic shops everywhere. So if you have been following uh, the latest and greatest, and I say that with air quotes, um, event uh, out of DC, Dark Crisis. Uh, They have since added some uh, additional crossover issues to the event. Uh, So you're gonna probably be spending around uh, 18 to 20 bucks more uh, to get all of the books that is going to be covered in this event. So they added uh, a new book in October as well as one in November uh, to the series. And so we will see how that will all play out. Um, I am not certain how much of Dark Crisis I am going to be reading. Uh, I know at one point we made the decision over at uh, the Batman Universe that we're not going to cover it as much, if at all, uh, on the comic podcast. So I'm not certain how much of it I'll be reading. I did read uh, issue number one and uh, not too crazy about it, uh, but for some reason I have been a little disappointed in a lot of stuff that uh, Joshua Williamson has been doing as of late uh, with the exception of Robin and also I did enjoy what he was doing with Shadow War but for some reason well my my theory is that he is uh, suffering from having uh, too much stuff on his plate and you know when you have so many books that you're writing and so many things that you are kind of the central point on uh, it takes away from the quality and 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 I saw that when uh, he first jumped on Batman that that first arc with Abyss and Batman Inc was not good at all and uh, I Deathstroke, um, Deathstroke Inc. hasn't been all that great either. And so I know he's going to be leaving pretty much most, if not all, of these uh, regular series that he's currently on. I'm kind of sad he's leaving Robin because that's the only one that's been consistently good uh, since he's been writing. And remember, he's been writing Robin uh, since the two backup stories that led into the series. But uh, that's the only book that I have truly enjoyed by Joshua Williamson um, since his run on Flash. Uh, But yeah, so if you plan on getting all of the issues of uh, Dark Crisis, uh, be prepared to shell out a few more dollars to DC to enjoy that. So for all of my listeners who partake in uh, digital comics and I do digital comics as well from time to time depending upon uh, the story and um, the issue. There are some changes especially if you are a 
comicthology user and have a com- comicthology account, um, they are taking away the ability to do in-app purchases uh, with getting comics through Comixology as well as through Amazon in general. Um, so this is something that's, that has already taken place on the iOS side. So, you know, those with uh, an iPhone or an iPad, you know, might have already noticed this, but they are now getting ready to make the same change with Android. Uh, and actually, it, it, it's already in play uh, to where you are no longer able to buy dig- digital comics through uh, the mobile app, whether it's the Comicsology mobile app or even the uh, actual Amazon mobile app. Uh, so the only way to get these books now is by going to Amazon.com and purchasing the books directly from there. And you know the reason behind it is pretty simple. It's all about money. So for every you know digital book that Amazon sells, either through Amazon or through Comixology, uh, that's considered an in-app purchase, and they have to give a cut of that sale to Google, and before then, Google and Apple. Uh, so you know, like I said earlier. Um, you know, they already stopped the uh, in-app purchasing via iOS, and now that has also taken place on Android as well. So, if you are a if you are a purchaser of digital comics and get them through Amazon, uh, like I do, uh, you'll have to do it directly through the website at Amazon.com and then uh, just have things synced up to your your cloud library and that way you could download it to your reading device. So there have been a lot of movement uh, in the comic industry uh, since you and I were last together. Uh, you know, the biggest move, of course, was uh, Joe Quesada leaving Marvel after uh, so many years with the company. Uh, But there's been some other moves uh, within the industry as well. Uh, Matt Parkinson, who's had a long career over at Dark Horse, has made the move over to Image, uh, where he will be leading their sales division as the director, as the vice president of um, sales um, over at Image. And so, not only that, but uh, Bill Jameis, who was uh, over at AWA, um, again, my favorite new comic publisher, uh, over at AWA, Artisans, Writers, and Artists, uh, he has stepped down and he is starting a new media company that will include uh, comics called Be Good Studios. So. You know, a lot of movement going on in the comic industry, but, you know, it goes to show that the comic industry is still strong. Uh, so, you guys need to hire me. I'll, I'll, I'll work for you, too. And, you know, finally, last bit of news, and this is, of course, 
old news, but I just, you know, I didn't get a chance. I, I, of course, posted about it on social media, but I just wanted to um, say one final word on the passing of both on Neil Adams and George Perez. And, you know, those guys were legends in the industry. Uh, You know, they each bought a special talent uh, to the pages that they they drew over their decades of contribution to comics. And, you know, for me, you know, the one that, of course, hit the most was for George Perez, you know, anyone who knows me knows that, you know, he's on my Mount Rushmore of artists. Uh, so, you know, that that that's the loss of both of those guys is is a major loss for the industry, and and their presence and their contributions uh, will be greatly missed. Uh, so, you know, rest in peace to both George and to Neil and uh, condolences to their families on such great losses. Uh, But with that being said, I am going to uh, move on now to the previews. And so, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to do things a little bit differently this time around. As mentioned, you know, we're not going to talk about Marvel due to the fact that most of their books have already been re-solicited. So we're going to cover those books uh, once they are re-solicited in that particular month. And again, that's going to be somewhere between September and November. Uh, So we're going to cover both DC and the big book from Diamond. Uh, And as I go through the previews. I probably take a little bit of time to talk about some of the books that I've been reading, just to give um, a little background of, of of where they are. And and if you're not reading these books, you know, pick them up and and give them a read. Um, you know, I've 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 definitely been enjoying them, and I'm pretty sure that uh, you would as well. Uh, so. As I mentioned, you know, kicking things off with DC Connect, first page out of the box is uh, the second issue of Chip Zdarsky's run on Batman, Batman 126, uh, with art by Jorge Jimenez. So, as I mentioned, you know, if you are following me with the Batman Universe comic podcast, you know, uh, one of the things that I've been hoping with Zdarsky's run is that he integrates his uh, current miniseries, uh, The Night, into his Batman run, uh, because Batman The Night has just been an awesome read. Uh, It is now, I believe, going into, I think, issue five, issue six is what is coming out. Batman The Night has just been an awesome book, Uh, so I I am really hoping that he integrates uh, the history, the canon within that series into his run uh, of of Batman. And then uh, next page, page four, uh, Batman Dear Detective, which is pretty much 
gonna be some some somewhat different. Uh and it's written by Lee And If you remember, uh Lee Bermejo did Batman the Wasp several years ago, which was a pretty good book. Uh but since then he's been doing primarily the variant covers for detective comics. And so uh with Dear Detective, and I'm gonna read the synopsis just to make it easy to understand. Um, what happens when a comic art powerhouse meet one of the greatest, most exciting heroes of all time? One part prestige art book, one part compelling noir tale. This one-of-a-kind edition collects some of Lee Bermejo's most jaw-dropping Batman covers woven together to tell a story that strikes right at the heart of the Dark Knight's never-ending crusade. So from the gist of it, what it looks like is going to happen is that he's, there's basically going to be a story based on these covers, and, and he's going to tell a tale from it. Uh, I am anxious to see how that turns out. Um, I, am, I am a fan of some of Lee's covers, and then there are others that I am not. Uh, but I will definitely be picking this up. Uh, and again, this is going to be a prestige format book, uh, $7.99 on sale September the 6th uh, from DC Comics. So again, that's a early solicit. Next up, uh, this is going to be Detective Comics 1063 from Ron B. with art by Raphael Albuquerque as he continues... Uh, his Batman opera story arc, and so uh, that is going to be four ninety nine. Uh, there is going to be a cardstock variant, which is a dollar more, uh, that releases the end of August on the twenty third from DC Comics. Now, one of the stories I, I personally don't plan on picking up, uh, but I know some people. Are it's going to be Sword of Azrael number one, written by Dan Waiters, art by Nicholas and Misha, uh, and there's going to be a variant cover by Joshua Middleton. Uh, but it's going to be a new series, or at least a mini series, uh, six six issues. And at the same time, um, he's also going to be doing a one shot based on uh, the Sword of Azrael. And that was going to be called Dark Knight of the Soul. So, Sword of Azrael number one, that releases on August the 2nd. Uh, the one-shot, Dark Knight of the Soul, that also re releases on August the 2nd. Uh, both books, three ninety nine from DC Comics. But at three ninety nine, they're both a little oversized. Um, for the Azrael number one, it's 32 pages, and the one-shot is actually 40 pages. So that's not a bad price uh, for a book, especially a TBU book. Page 10, Deceased, War of the Undead Gods. This is supposed to be the final series from Tom Taylor and the Deceased Universe. Uh, and so the synopsis goes, what began as a battle for Earth became a war for the galaxy as the epic final chapter in the massive DC franchise is here. Uh, 
the emergence of a reborn, undead dark side and deceased dead planet sets the stage for the most devastating conflict yet for Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. And again, remember, this is Damien, John, and Cassie as Wonder Woman. Um, as the anti-life equation spreads into the cosmos, the survivors of Earth prepare for the coming apocalypse and realize their only hope could lie in the most powerful surviving hero from the first deceased series. The best-selling creative team of Tom Taylor and Trevor Harrison uh, returned for their third and final installment with War of the Undead Gods. And so we know that the most powerful surviving hero has got to be Superman. So I am... I am ready for that. I've enjoyed every um, every part of the DC's universe, including uh, Hope That World's End, which was the digital series that they put out. Uh, that releases, issue number one releases on August the 9th, $3.99 from DC Comics. Page 12. Um... I am. I'm not certain, and I kind of mentioned this earlier. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to read all of Dark Crisis, but Dark Crisis number three, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Daniel Sampier, uh, that releases on August the second, four ninety nine from DC Comics, and then there are a bunch of uh, tie-ins coming with Dark Crisis, whether you're talking about Young Justice or The Flash. Or worlds without the Justice League, you know there are a bunch of tie-ins coming for coming with Dark Crisis that you can pick up, and they release at various points of the month. Uh, next up, page sixteen, uh, Poison Ivy number three. And, and, and let me tell you, I've read issue one already, and oh wow, I, man, Ivy is. This new Ivy that's been rejoined with her, you know, had her, her two selves rejoined during uh, Fair State. And man, she is, she is quite a handful. So it is going to be interesting to see uh, what comes of this Ivy. Because again, I don't want to spoil the book, uh, but she is just ruthless you know she is take no prisoners she is killing pretty much anyone and everyone so um yeah i'm 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 pretty much sold on uh continuing that storyline uh yeah issue number three releases on august the 2nd uh from g willow wilson and marcio takara over at dc Next up, jumping to page 22, I'm sorry, to jumping to page 23, uh, the new champion of Shazam number one. This book has finally been released, uh, written by Josie Campbell with art by Doc Shainer. Uh, this was delayed at least once that I can remember, but it's a four-part miniseries uh, that looks at Mary being the champion 
of Shazam. And so that releases August 2nd, 399, 32 pages from DC. So for the for the young adults out there, uh, page 28, Green Lantern Alliance, uh, written by Min Lei with art by Andy Tong, uh, looks at the team up of Green Lantern and the Flash of this young adult universe. And again, this is not this is not our typical uh, Green Lantern and Flash. This is uh, if you read Green Lantern Legacy, uh, this is Ty Fom who inherited the uh, Lantern Ring, um, who's going to be teaming up with the Flash of this universe. Typical, you know, known lanterns such as Kilowog and John Stewart are all there, so it's it's not a completely unknown universe. Uh, but he is going to be teaming up with Kid Flash, and in this in this rendition, uh, Kid Flash is a female. Uh, so that releases uh, October the eighteenth. Uh, again, early solicit, going to be nine ninety nine. Uh, it's original graphic novel, uh, Green Lantern Alliance. And then on the next page, uh, Diana and Nubia, Princesses of the Amazon, written by Shannon Hill and Dean Hill, with art by Victoria Ying. Uh, that's going to be another nine ninety nine book from DC that releases in November. And I'm going to read the synopsis of that. Uh, Princess Nubia loves her mother's their home on Demascara and all of our Amazon aunties. But she's still lonely sometimes. It's hard being the only kid on an island full of adults. She just wish that things could be different. And then one morning, things are different. There's a stranger sharing her bedroom, and the interloper, Diana, insists that it's her room. And their parents think they're both just being pests. They've always shared a room. So what is happening? Could it be that wishing into Hera's ear on the night of the Saltus worked? Will Nubia get to keep this strange new sister? Does she even want to? Again, 999 uh, book releasing in November, November the 8th, another early solicit from DC Comics. Okay, so... I'm going to do this, and uh, again, those of you who who are following me on TVU know that I have had a disdain for Batgirls, or at least the story, the story and the art, uh, but uh, there's going to be some different artists uh, on the book for these next few issues. Uh, I believe Robbie Rodriguez is on this upcoming issue. And as much as I hate the story, I absolutely love the art that was in the book. Uh, so I will always give kudos where kudos are credited. Uh, but issue nine comes out August the 9th from DC. And the art from that is going to be from Neil Gouge. So I am interested to see how that art is. Again, I have not been a fan of the artwork from Jorge Corona, so um, 
it can only go up. Uh, there's a variant cover by Sweeney Boo that looks absolutely gorgeous. And then there's a 1 in 25 variant by Rian Gonzalez. But um, if I decide to get this issue, it will be strictly for the variant cover from Sweeney Boo. Again, $3.99 releases on August the 9th from DC. So, page 33, two books to discuss. First off, uh, Batman Fortress. And let me just say, I've, I've read the first issue already. Um, the story, uh, the, the story is interesting. I'm not, as someone who's typically been a fan of, of Derek Robinson, for some reason, I am not, I am not that crazy about it. This go round. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, but again, I'm enjoying the story. Um, again, that's Batman Fortress number four that releases on August the 23rd, uh, $3.99 from DC, but coming out on the 16th, a week earlier, Batman the Night. And again, I have absolutely been loving uh, this series from Chip Sadowski with the art by Carmine D. Giamenico. And again, if, if he doesn't figure a way to in, integrate this into his run on Batman, man, I am going to be upset because, again, the story has been absolutely wonderful. Um, I don't want to read the synopsis because then I'm going to end up talking about the series, and I don't want to do that, but again... If you're not reading Batman tonight, you you are missing out on some good Batman writing. Again, comes out on August the 16th, 4.99 from DC. So on August the 23rd, uh, Batman White Knight presents Red Hood issue number two, which you know is kind of a spinoff from the main. Um, Beyond the White Knight series that's currently going on right now. Um, $4.99 from DC again releases on August the 23rd. I am definitely going to be picking this up. All right, and at the bottom of page 34, under Red Hood number two, uh, Blood Syndicate number four, season one, number four from. Uh, Jeffrey Thorne with art by Chris Cross and Juan Castro. So let me let me just say, uh, I read issue one. Issue one is already out. I believe issue two comes out on the 14th of June, which is tomorrow. I'm recording on a Monday. And I am just happy that DC has brought these guys back. Um, and Milestone has brought these guys back. Uh, and I truly enjoyed the way they brought them back through the other Milestone books that came out prior to it, uh, particularly with Static and how they introduced some of the characters. So, 
know, right now it, it is somewhat different than the original rendition of Blood Syndicate. Now, of course, you know, Holocaust and this gang are still around, but um, you know, some of the some of the other crew from the original series um, is not a part of the gang. Uh, Tech Nine came is actually coming home from the service. Uh, so if you're not reading Blood Syndicate, definitely pick it up. I highly recommend that. Uh, issue four again comes out on August the 9th, three ninety nine from DC. So let me just say, I'm just going to go ahead and say this. I have not read not one issue of DC versus vampires. Not one. I don't plan on reading one, but I will tell you that I have brought several issues and I brought several issues strictly for the covers. Some of the covers have just been downright beautiful. And um, issue number eight uh, is no different. I mean, it, there is a variant cover by Nathan Zerdy that is absolutely gorgeous with uh, Babs in her Batgirl costume. Uh, the Main covers by Gillian March, and it looks wonderful too with uh, Dinah on the cover. So that comes out on August the second, uh, three ninety nine. Again, I am getting that variant cover. Don't don't plan on reading it at all, but I am getting that variant cover with Babs on it. And then uh, a few weeks later, there is a one shot no not a one shot this is going to be issue two of all out war which is a spinoff of dc versus vampires mm -hmm. and again if i pick this up it's going to be for one reason and one reason alone and that is the variant cover by lyrics which uh, features uh mary marvel that looks stunning uh so again if i do get that book it will be strictly for the cover but again issue number two of dc versus vampires all out war releases august the 16th 399 from dc so for those of you following milestone you know they have now expanded their universe uh into earth m and with M, the first book of that new universe is Duo. Uh, and so Duo number four releases on August the 16th, written by Greg Pak with art by Choi Pham and Scott Hanna. Uh, $3.99 from DC. But I have been enjoying, uh, I enjoyed that first issue. And uh, the synopsis for that, the only thing worse than being hunted by gods is catching the attention of ambitious human scientists. When the mysterious Dr. Tanker hears about David and Kelly's incredible regenerative powers, he moves to make the technology his own by any means necessary, even if it means dissecting them for it. Again, issue one is out. I think issue two also comes out uh, tomorrow, being June 14th, uh, $3.99 from DC Comics. Page 38, uh, 
two books I'm looking at that I am definitely going to recommend. Actually, three. Uh, actually, all four of these books uh, I am reading. Uh, but the two that I want to really point out. Uh, first of all, Nubia, Queen of the Amazons, issue three from Stephanie Williams with art by Alita Martinez and Mark Morales. Releases August the second, three ninety nine from DC, uh, and then the other book, Robin number seventeen, uh, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Roger Cruz and Norm Rapin. I think this is Joshua's last issue on Robin, uh, and I don't think they've announced a new. A new writer yet for the series. I do know that um, we're going to be getting Batman versus Robin, and, and I'm assuming that's kind of the spinoff. I don't know if after that's over, we're going to go to another Robin series or reboot or what have you. But Robin issue number seventeen releases on August the twenty third, three ninety nine from DC. And then for those of you who are into trade paperbacks uh, in the collected editions section of DC Connect, um, page 42, they're doing a 20th anniversary deluxe edition for Batman Hush. That's going to be $49.99, 376 pages from DC. And then also coming out, uh, again, early solicit. Coming out in October, they're doing a deluxe edition of The Long Halloween from Jeb Loeb and Tim Sale. So, that again comes out October 4th, uh, $49.99 as well. Uh, again, Batman Hush comes out September, September 6th, and then about a month later, you get The Long Halloween. For those of you who've been waiting on the collected edition of Blue and Gold, that is going to be released on November the 27th, uh, 1999 from DC from Dan Jurgens with art by Robert Sook, uh, Cully Hammer, and a few others. So I enjoyed uh, having those two guys back and you know now. If you're following Dark Crisis, they're going to be a part of the Justice League. So again, that comes out in September 1999 from DC. And then the last thing that I am going to cover from DC, uh, probably because of the fact that it finally gives me a chance to read it all at once, uh, it's going to be... Uh, Robbins, uh, the collected edition from Tim Seeley with art by Aldemir Rivas. Uh, that's going to be on sale September the 6th, uh, $16.99 from DC. And actually, this here is going to be the last thing um, from DC at least. Page 47. They are doing an omnibus of George Perez's run on Wonder Woman. Uh, so, there's a 
This is this is the 2022 edition. Gonna have 640 pages, a hundred dollars. Uh, it releases on October the 25th. And so that is with story by George Perez and Lynn Ween, uh, with art by Perez, Bruce Patterson, and others. But again, releases October 25th, $100 from DC Comics. And so that is going to be it for DC Comics. And with that being said, it's time to move to the big book, the previous catalog from Diamond Distributors. And as always, when we get to the big book uh, from Diamond, first thing we take a look at are the two covers that on the front and back so on the back end the end that goes to the toys and statue section uh, love everlasting a new series from writer tom king with art by elsa Carretier, uh, which is described as a horror fantasy in the tradition of saga and sandman uh, so that's that'll be coming out in August, and we'll discuss that a little more once we get to the pages of the big book. And then on the front end, the front end going to the comic section, uh, Star Wars Hyperspace Story, an anthology featuring new all-ages stories set in every era of Star Wars. This is by Amanda Debert with art by Lucas Morangan. Now, this is not a Marvel book. Uh, you know, one of the things that Marvel and Disney has done for quite a while when it comes to their kids and their young adult books is they don't produce them under the Marvel imprint. They will license them out to the other comic book publishers. And so uh, a lot of the Marvel books are licensed over at IDW. Uh, and uh, this one is going to be published by Dark Horse. So again, Dark Horse is going to be putting out Star Wars hyperspace stories coming out in August. And so, as we go ahead and kick things off with the big book, uh, let's go ahead and start out. I, I mentioned earlier, page 36. Love Everlasting number one from Tom King and Elsa Carretier. Uh, $3.99 releases on August the 10th. And a quick synopsis. Joan Peterson discovers that she is trapped in an endless, terrifying cycle of romance. A problem to be solved. A man to marry. And every time she falls in love, she's torn from her world and thrust into another teary-eyed saga. A bloody journey to freedom and revelation starts in this groundbreaking, breathtaking first issue. Um, I'm not certain if I'm going to be picking this up. Um, the art looks absolutely great, though. But again, releases on August 10th, $3.99 from Image Comics. Page 46. Uh, the Dead Lucky, written by Melissa Forez, with art by French Colomango. Uh, so I am picking up this book for one reason and one reason alone. It is a new addition to 
the massive universe. And if you've read uh, Supermassive, that is this huge universe that is being created by the likes of Kyle Higgins and Ryan Parrott. Uh, and Dead Lucky is a new addition from Melissa Flores with art by French Colomango. Uh, but again, already we've been introduced to Radiant Black. We've been introduced to Rogue Sun. And we've also been introduced to Inferno Girl Red now. Uh, um, of course, Radiant Black and Rogue Sun are out. Uh, Inferno Girl Red is not out. It's been advertised to be coming out later this year. Uh, but some lucky folk, I believe, have already read that first issue as it began as a Kickstarter campaign. Uh, that I missed out on. Uh, but Dead Lucky is going to be a new addition to this universe, this massive universe. Uh, releases on August the 3rd, $3.99 from Image Comics. Page 75, uh, The Magic Order, the third volume of the series. This is going to be issue number two, written by Mark Millar with art by... Gigi Cavanago, uh, three ninety nine releases on August the thirty first from Image. Then on page seventy eight, uh, issue eighteen of Radiant Black. Uh, that's again a three ninety nine book that actually releases on September twenty first. So it's an early solicit. Uh, for that, but three ninety nine from Image Comics. On that following page, again another early solicit for Rogue Sun issue seven from Ryan Parrott and Nick Cotton with art by Abel. Uh, releases on September twenty eighth. Beginning of a new story arc. Uh, three ninety nine from Image Comics. I've really been enjoying. Uh, Rogue Sun, primarily because it is uh, set in New Orleans, uh, which is my hometown. I'm hoping that I can get Ryan Parrott and a couple of the other guys from the Massive Universe on uh, the podcast one day to talk about the universe and the plans for Massive. Whether I mean, it, it's pretty much known just from the way Super Massive ended that we're going to be getting more uh, from them uh, together. So it would be nice to see uh, what's going on with that and see what what they can uh, reveal to us. Moving on to Boom Studios, page 98, uh, Power Rangers Unlimited, the Death Ranger. Written by Paula Lore with art by Catherine Lobo. Uh, this is going to be $7.99, 40 pages releases on August 31st from Image. Uh, they're also going to have a foil cover that's dollar more. Uh, just reading the quick synopsis uh, The legendary Omega Rangers defended the universe from evil thousands of years ago. The six of them, using their elemental powers to protect others from sinister forces. But all of that changed when one key member turned on the others. Seduced, 
by the death-defying powers of the ranger's greatest foe. How does this ranger connect to what's locked in the mysterious Omega Vault and safe haven so many millennia later? As everything converges in the highly anticipated charge to 100. Um, I'm actually thinking about picking that up. They have a variant covered by Derek Chu that looks absolutely stunning. Uh, but again, releases August 31st, $7.99 from Boom Studios. Page 110, Grim Number 4, written by Stephanie Phillips with art by Flaviano. I have really enjoyed this series thus far. And it's a miniseries, so it's not many issues. But it has, I, I, I was not expecting it. To be what it is. And it is a very good book. Um, just looking at things in the afterlife. From a from a point of view that's somewhat funny. Somewhat thrilling. Um, if, if you're not reading it. It is, it is a really good book. Uh, so again. Releases August 24th. $3.99. On that following page, Once in the Future, number 28 from Karen Gillian and Dan Mora. Release uh, is August 3rd, $3.99 from Boom Studios. Page 118, as I mentioned, the back cover of the big book, uh, Star Wars Hyper War Stories, number 1 of 12. So it's a 12 part series, a uh, maxi series. From Dark Horse, written by Amanda Deberg, with art by Lucas Morangan. Um, releases August the 10th from Dark Horse. Uh, with this first issue, when the members of a Republic mission led by Senator Padme Amadala are abducted by the ruthless Separatist General Grievous, Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi jump to the rescue. But the operation quickly goes awry, and the Jedi find themselves cut off and surrounded by an army of battle droids. Danger and deception at the height of the Clone Wars. In Star Wars, Hyperspace Stories number 1. Again, that's an anthology series, so what what we get here won't be the same going on to the next issue. Uh, again, releases on August the 10th, $3.99 from... Dark Horse. So at this point, I, you know, typically we would have moved on to IDW, but again, IDW is no longer in the premium publisher section of the big book. Uh, so we're now going over to Dynamite, Dynamite Entertainment, and the first book, page 157, 007, number one, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson with art by Marco Finnegan. Uh, so we get a new James Bond series. And uh, the synopsis reads, 007 is back in action. After a high-stake rescue mission is mysteriously, violently sabotaged, James Bond's future at MI6 hangs in the balance. At the awaited fate, Bond is urgently contacted by an old flaming mentor. Gwendolyn Gon, formerly Agent 003, who warns Bond of an existential threat to England and the global balance of power. Before they can meet, 
she turns up dead, sending Bond on the most personal mission of his career. Find Gwendolyn's killers and expose the shadowy organization known only as the Myrmidian. So again, that's going to be released on August the 3rd, three ninety nine from Dynamite. And of course, there are a bunch of covers uh, available from Dynamite for their books. Uh, the only book I am currently reading at Dynamite right now uh, is Vampirella Year One. Uh, the first issue isn't out yet, but that's the only thing I'm really signed up for right now. But uh, Vampirella, Vampirella Year One, Issue Two uh, from Christopher Priest. Uh, that releases on August the 31st, 32 pages, three ninety nine from Dynamite. Alright, let's move on over to Aftershock. Uh, page 228, Jimmy Little Bastards, number one, written by Gaunt Ennis, with art by Russ Perron. Uh, I think this is a resolicit. I, I, I want to say it came out, or at least it was solicited before. 48 pages. Releases on August 17th, $7.99 from Aftershock. And then on page 230, uh, Samurai Doggy, written by Chris Tex with art by Santos. Uh, that releases on August 10th, uh, $4.99 from Aftershock. I am actually interested in both of these stories, and I hope I enjoy them. Page 267, Absolution number 2 from Peter Milligan, art by Mike Diodato Jr., uh, $3.99 from AWA Upshot, uh, still my favorite new comic publisher. Uh, then on page uh, 269, The Joneses from Michael Moresi with art by Alessandro Vitti, uh, another three ninety nine book that releases on August thirty first. And if you can remember, the Joneses uh, is set in the Resistance universe. So take a look at that. Now on page two seventy, uh, again this is AWA uh, Emmett, written by Ian Grody with art by Yishan Lee. Uh, Three ninety nine. This is a new series. The synopsis goes: Meet Lydia Lowe, an artist and potter, who goes on a bender after a bad breakup. Then, in anguish and anger, she accidentally conjures up a golem from the clay in her Bushwick studio. Enter Emmett, a golem with benefits. He mixes a mean cocktail. Is handy around the house and will help Lydia exact revenge with the vengeance. Uh, again, three ninety nine releases on August twenty fourth from AWA. Uh, definitely picking that book up. Uh, AWA is going to be doing a lot of stuff. Um, I saw a story recently. I should have wrote about it on the website. They are creating a new universe of things, and this is not the same as the Resistance universe. It's going to be something different, um, and it's going to have. Uh, it's not. It's not just going to be comic books. It's going to include 
uh, other forms of media as well. So uh, AWA is going to be doing a lot, and I'm I'm happy for them. I, I've enjoyed a lot of the stuff that they've put out over the past few years, um, and not just not just the Resistance Universe. They've they've done some good stuff. I've enjoyed uh, Bad Mother as well. So if if you aren't reading anything uh, under AWA. You're missing out on some good stuff. Page 304. Uh, going over to Fair Square Comics. Uh, and again, I read the, the stuff I read from uh, Fair Square primarily has been their comic magazine, Mutiny. Uh, but coming out in August, uh, Classified, the Black Box, is a graphic novel written by uh, Fabrice Sapolsky with art by Tom Lyle and Seb Lanrian. And that synopsis goes, Yui Troy is a historian working at the secret White House storage facility somewhere in Maryland. He never thought he'd stumble upon one of the most explosive secrets of American presidents have managed to keep under wraps. A music box which stayed in the Oval Office for 200 years and recorded every single conversation in the room, unbeknownst to any soul. Again, uh, not certain when, that's re- when that releases, but it's a $12.99 book. They have three covers, uh, one from Tom Lyle, uh, one from Fabrice Sapolsky, and then another from another cover as well. So again, twelve ninety nine from Fair Square Comics. So next up on page three oh seven, it's not actually a book uh, that's being picked up. It's actually just a little blurb. Uh, one of the things that Diamond does in their catalog each month is they highlight a creator that you, as a comic fan, should know. And uh, for this month, the person that they have in here is Jim Aparo, uh, the late Jim Aparo. Um, And, of course, he is special to me. He is my absolute favorite Batman artist ever to this day. Um, He was the guy I grew up on in the 80s. And, uh, you know, he he passed away uh, not too long after his retirement in the early 2000s, but uh, take a look at that, and he's definitely a, he's definitely someone that you should know in the comic industry, if if you're going to be a friend of mine, you're definitely going to have to know Jim Aparo, he's one of the, uh, he's one of my four uh, greats on my Mount Rushmore of comic book artists, and so, uh, yeah, just take a look at that. Then, uh, getting back to the books, page 327, uh, we're now at IDW, uh, they're no longer in the feature publisher section in the front, so they're now just in the regular portion of the book, uh, but uh, The Mirror War, Star Trek The Mirror War, written by the Tipton Brothers, with art by Gavin Smith. And the cover, of course, by J.K. Woodward, who I think is absolutely 
wonderful. I wish he was doing the art in the main book as well. Uh, but three ninety nine from IDW releases in the month of August. Moving on, page three forty five. We're now over at Arnie Press. Uh, page three forty five. Blank number two, written by Christopher Sabella, with art by Hayden Sherman. Um, three ninety nine releases on August twenty fourth from Arnie Press. Um, Again, uh, 399 releases on August 24th from Oni Press. If I can say real quick, I'm going to need for uh, Christopher Sabella Christopher Sabella, to uh, get things together and give me another volume of Crowded. You know, that series uh, ended uh, a few years ago, and I would have thought that we would have got more story by then. Uh, but unfortunately, we haven't. But I'm going to need for him and Rostein and, and Gain to get back together so that we can get that story going again. That was an absolute gem, and I, I truly miss it. Uh, but again, he's doing this book blank for Oni Press releases in August. But uh, Christopher, if you're listening, please, please, please bring, bring Crowder back. I truly appreciate it. So, the last publisher, the last publisher I'm going to cover for this month, at least with books that I am going to be picking up, um, Titan Comics. And first book up is a new volume of Gun Honey, Gun Honey, Blood for Blood, number one, written by Charles Adai with art by Ang Ho King. Brings back the original creative team uh, to bring us another another volume of uh, a, a series that I was pretty impressed with. And so um, the covers for, uh, if you remember, the, the, the covers for Blood Honey, uh, the first volume, were all very seductive, each issue. And that continues uh, with the second volume. Uh, I am leaning right now on getting the art germ cover, which is cover B. Uh, but again, the issue one releases August 24th, $3.99 from Titan Comics. And then finally, uh, finally, page 391. Doctor Who Origins, this is issue four of four, so the final issue of the series from Jordy Hauser with art by Roberta Igranada and uh, Winnea Zahadue. I hope I pronounced the last name correctly. Zahadue. Uh, Zahadue. Uh, but again, last issue of the miniseries that stems from the free comic book day issue that came out uh, this past May and again the Doctor Who Origins focuses on the Fugitive Doctor uh, that uh, debuted on last season of the TV series on BBC so 
that is a $3.99 book. It's an early solicit on sale September the 14th from Titan. And that is going to be it for the big book uh, from Diamond. So before we wrap up uh, this episode of the Comic Comic Book Podcast, uh, I wanted to take a look at some of the books that came out this week. Um, Two of them I really wanted to talk about. Um, the first one is the second issue of Grimm from writer Stephanie Phillips with art by Flaviano. And um, just to give you a little backdrop on and going, going back to issue one. Uh, in issue one, we were introduced to Jessica, who is a reaper. Uh, and her role is to basically go and collect the souls of the dead and to uh, bring them to the afterlife. And so in the first issue, you know, she's out there doing her job and uh, the soul that she is collecting to bring to the afterlife is that of Brian and Brian is you know trying to figure things out he he had a hard time accepting the fact that he's dead uh so he gets to the afterlife after crossing the river sticks and uh he realizes that it's not what he expected it to be uh, it's really more modern than one would think of the afterlife. Uh, But he continues to question, you know, how he died and, uh, you know, why he's here. And, you know, just explains or does her best to explain things to him. But he eventually asks her, how did she die? And she doesn't remember. Uh, but again, Brian is rebellious. He doesn't care, you know, the fact that he's dead. He doesn't really accept it. And, uh, before you know it, um, just after delivering his soul goes to take a break and she realizes, she realizes that her sight has been taken she's been pickpocketed and she realizes that uh, it was Brian that took it from her so her and a few other reapers uh, make their way back to the land of the living and they find Brian and Jess is able to retrieve her sight but to her astonishment she realizes that she is seen by the living and that's not supposed to happen. A reaper is not supposed to be seen by the living only by those who are dead. Uh, And 
the story ends with uh, that incident being made known to Ajira, who is um, like the boss, the supervisor over the Reapers. And so she finds that to be quite interesting as well. So in issue two, issue two starts out with uh, back in the land of the living and we're at a Day of the Dead celebration and all of a sudden something happens and I don't want to reveal too much uh, in case you haven't read the book yet. Um, but something happens that that's quite tragic, uh, but also quite interesting in how it occurs. Uh, that will that seems to play a part into what happens at the end of the issue. Uh, but eventually, we get back to the matter of. Jess and uh, they're now returning back to the land of the dead and they've retrieved Brian and they're all discussing the elephant uh, in the in the boat uh, the, and that's the fact that um, of everyone there the four people in the boat you know Brian uh, and then to the two friends who are also reapers, who are friends of Jess, uh, one being Marcel, who's French, and the other is Eddie, who's a rocker. Uh, but the elephant in the room that they all know how they made their way to the afterlife, and uh, it escapes Jess, you know, the fact that she doesn't know how she died. Uh, but she realizes that the person she needs to go and, and have this conversation with is Adira, and that's what she does. Uh, but, uh, you know, things happen. You know, she's actually suspended uh, as a reaper, and her sight has been, her sight has been taken away from her. Uh, but from there, it, it leads to some interesting things that uh, occurs with Jess uh, as she struggles with the idea that, you know, she seems to be the only person in the afterlife who doesn't know how she got there. And she is thinking that by the fact that she was able to be seen by the living back in issue one, um, which again, isn't supposed to happen. And, and it's revealed that the only person who is able to be seen uh, amongst the living is death himself. Uh, so she is theorizing that the fact that she can be seen uh, might play a role into who she is and how she died. Uh, so the issue ends with her trying to dig deeper into that idea. Uh, but the actual real story ends um, with what I think from how the panels look um, at the end of the issue plays a part in 
what happened at the beginning of the issue with that Dawn of the Dead celebration. Uh, so, again, if, if you aren't reading Grimm uh, from Stephanie Phillips, uh, pick it up. It, it, it is a really interesting, I did not expect to enjoy it the way that I have, but I really am. And I really am, and I am truly invested in it now. So, again, that's Grimm number two from... Stephanie Phillips and Flaviano. And then the, the final book that I wanted to discuss uh, is uh, a new title uh, coming out from Image, uh, which is Do the Powerbomb, uh, issue number one from Daniel Warren Johnson. And he is actually doing everything uh, in this title so he is the writer and artist and so the story if you if you're familiar with what a power bomb is then you would know that it, it has something to do with pro wrestling and it evolves around um, it evolves around this character the character Lona Lona still rose uh, who is the daughter of the wrestler in the Tokyo Grand World Wrestling Promotion? So, basically, Lona again as a as the daughter of a famous professional wrestler wants to grow up and follow in the footsteps of her mother, who is the uh, currently the world champion in Tokyo Grand World. Uh, now, what's interesting, however, is that in Tokyo Grand World Wrestling, uh, they seem to do a lot of intergender wrestling because she is champion, uh, is facing a male wrestler for the title. Uh, he's challenging her, her being... Uh, Lona's mother, Yua, still rose, uh, is being challenged by a male, Cobra son, for the title. Uh, and so, Yua dies. She dies in the ring. Uh, but that doesn't quell the fire in Lona of following in her mother's footsteps. Uh, in fact, it probably makes that fire burn even brighter. Uh, so Lona wants to, again, follow in the footsteps of her mom. But there's a problem, and the problem is that no one wants to train her. No one wants to pick her up because she is the daughter of Yua Stillrose, and no one wants to be the promotion that allows what happened to you or to happen to her daughter. Uh, so Yua does get the attention of a uh, wrestling promoter, which is somewhat odd in the fact that uh, this promoter is a necromancer and, you know, 
his promotion has a little bit of an added feature. So not only you know do they have a champion and and he's in the process of doing a tournament to crown a champion, but um, as an added feature for Lona joining his promotion and getting in this tournament is the idea that he will be able to bring her mom back. Uh, so not to delve too much more further into what goes on in the issue, but again, this was another issue that this, this was another story that I was not expecting to enjoy as much as I did. Um, the art was okay. Um, you know, not my favorite, but it wasn't bad. But the story really brought me in. Uh, again, some oddities in the fact that, you know, in Tokyo Grand World, men fight women and women can be the world champion and defend the title against men. Uh, but uh, Johnson has a a good handle on the world of professional wrestling and uh, how things work with regards to you know wrestlers taking bumps and things of that nature and knowing the terminology of the business. So um, again, that was a pretty good issue. I am going to read the second one just to make sure that I am still invested in it. But, again, that's Do the Powerbomb, number one, written by Daniel Warren, written and drawn by Daniel Warren Johnson. And the colors, by the way, from Mike Spicer is pretty awesome. Definitely colorful with a lot of different tones, light and dark, depending upon what's going on in the story. Uh, so, pick it up. And read it. You you you'll enjoy it just as much as I do. And then finally, before we head out, let's talk about uh, what's coming out next week, being June twenty first and twenty second. Uh, first up, Nightwing number three from Tom Taylor. Let me tell you, I have had renewed faith in Nightwing since he's taken over. Uh, so. That picks up, you know, with the Haven storyline and him being a billionaire and using the money that he inherited from Alfred to try to revitalize and change life for those of need in Blue Haven. Uh, that story continues there. Also coming out, uh, Batman Sup Superman World's Finest from Dan Moore and Mark Wade. Both these books coming out on the 21st from DC also coming out from DC uh, on the 21st uh, issue number six of Batman the night and I have been loving this maxi series from Chip Zdarsky and and as you know he is going to be taking the reins of Batman with issue 125 and I am severely seriously hoping that he integrates and he really integrates what he's doing in the night into his run of Batman it would be a great addition into the mythos of the Dark Knight 
Uh, so that is coming out as well. Also coming out, uh, issue number 11 of Noctera from Scott Snyder and Tony Daniel. Um, issue number four of Radiant Red over at Image uh, comes out on the 22nd from Cherished Chin with art by David LaFuente. Uh, so again, the spinoff from Radiant Black continues there coming out on Wednesday. Also coming out on Wednesday, uh, issue number five of Rogue Sun from Ryan Parrott. Another piece of the massive universe, uh, you know, from Ryan Parrott and art by Abel. Uh, so that'll be out on Wednesday. Also coming out uh, from DC on the 21st, two issues, two books that I'm definitely picking up. Uh, the first is milestones in history now this was a book that was actually supposed to come out during um during black history month in february and it was delayed and so it's now being released uh also coming out issue number two of the milestone uh universe uh duo and remember this 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 story takes place in a different universe of milestones. So this, this doesn't follow what's going on in Dakota city. Uh, this is happening on earth M and, uh, involves an entirely new universe with different characters. So issue two of that, uh, comes out. Uh, and if you don't know, if you're not reading it, that is written by Greg Pock with art by Troy Farm. So issue two it will be coming out on Tuesday. Oh, oh, also two other books from DC I wanted to mention. Uh, one being Fables One Fifty Two, which is the second issue of the titles reincarnation um, from Bill Willingham and and Mark Buckingham. Uh, so that comes out on Tuesday. Also coming out on Tuesday. First issue of Black Adam, written by Christopher Priest, with art by Rafa Sandoval. Uh, so, of course, as the world prepares itself for the upcoming release of the movie, uh, DC's going to be, I'm assuming, uh, a lot more into um, promoting Black Adam. Uh, so of course, you know, he's already in Justice League, uh, but you know now we have this uh, twelve issue series that's coming out from Christopher Priest. So that also comes out on the twenty first from DC. Uh, then at Marvel issue number twelve of X Men uh, from Jerry Dugan with art by Pepe Larraz. As we move closer and closer to the next. Hellfire Gala, uh, which will reveal an all-new X-Men team. Uh, so that comes out on the 22nd from Marvel. Uh, also coming out, James Tynion's uh, Something's Killing the Children, issue number 24. From AWA, uh, The Joneses, issue number 3 from Michael Moresi with art by Alessandro Vitti. Uh, of course, you know, that takes place 
in the resistance universe and then uh, let's see finally uh, from dynamite uh, john carter of mars uh, third issue written by chuck brown with art by george Kambadi. so a lot of great books coming out next week for new comic book day as always go and support your local comic shop and give them your business uh if you are a if you are a digital buyer uh if you are a digital buyer if you get your books digitally um again remember you can no longer buy digital comics either through comiXology or through the mobile app for Amazon. So neither of those uh, apps are allowing you to do in-app purchases anymore. You gotta go through the website for each, so either through comicsology.com or amazon.com to get your digital comics. Uh, Amazon's not the business, I guess, of trying to give Apple and Google any more money for digital books so uh, if you are a digital book buyer you know, make sure you you remember you need to go out to the websites in order to get your comics moving forward so that is going to do it for this episode of the comic bin comic book podcast next time next time i'm I'm hoping to do a quick turnaround because I want to discuss a few of the books that's coming out next week. Uh, but also, uh, next time, I'm going to give a quick report of my time. I am heading out to Dallas, uh, and I'll be attending uh, Fan Expo's Dallas show this Father's Day weekend. Uh, so, and uh, being that it is Father's Day weekend, I want to uh, wish all of you dads out there a, a great Father's Day weekend. Enjoy it with your family and your friends and uh, have a bunch of fun, but make sure it's safe. Uh, a lot of heat going on around in the country. Triple digits are popping up everywhere, so be cool and be safe. Uh, but once again, as always, I plan on, I want first of all, thank you guys for uh, being patient while I was on my extended hiatus. Uh, plan on doing a lot of uh, more episodes and doing it on a regular basis now that things have kind of slowed down some uh, but got a lot of things planned uh, as we move forward with this adventure of the comic bin and uh, planning on doing a lot of fun stuff in the world of comic books so again I do thank you for your support uh, as always you can Find the Comic Bank Comic Book Podcast wherever your favorite podcasts are located. And as always, you can leave your feedback. I truly appreciate it. It, it, it helps me improve the show and make things uh, more appeasing and appealing for you all. So until next time, as always, keep reading those comics.